Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. Here we are today, November 7th, 2018. We're all recovering from the day after the election. We've got a great show. We're really privileged to have with us tonight Dr. Bradley Nelson. And we're going to be talking about emotional surgery. In other words, how he heals patients through emotional surgery and the emotion code, which really I believe is the future of medicine. He's also written a book called The Emotion Code that we'll talk about. He is the world's foremost expert in the emerging fields of bioenergetic medicine and energy psychology. He has about 20-plus years on him as a holistic physician, and he's also studied ancient medical practice and quantum physics. So this is going to be kind of a heavy program today, (laughs) heavy duty. We must really listen in, and um, he'll probably dumb it down a little bit for most of us so that we can really grasp this because it's it's pretty it's a pretty amazing. Well, he has an amazing influence on all of us actually, and the emotion code will definitely influence our health if we choose to do it. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Brad. Well, thank you, Denise. It's uh, it's great to be on. I'll I'll don't worry. I'll I'll keep everything real simple. It's it's actually really simple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've I've read a lot of quantum physics books, and I've interviewed a lot of authors. And um, sometimes it can get a, a bit heavy, but um, mm-hmm. I know that that you you will get through to us. I'm sure of it. <laughs> sure. So, uh, how did you get on this path? When did it all start for you? Oh boy, you know. Um, well, really, honestly, it goes back to when I was seven years old. I was diagnosed with the uh, with the measles. I was really sick. And um, I, I experienced this really miraculous healing. It was uh, it was the craziest thing, um, but totally unforgettable. My uh, my parents had been talking, and I had overheard them talking. And the plan was I was going into the hospital to be admitted the next day, and I was going into something called an oxygen tent because I was really sick. And um, so what happened was uh, everyone had gone to bed that night and uh, my parents came into the room. They had made a bed for me on the couch. So I could be near their bedroom. And my mother said to my father, when they came into the room, she said, "Will you she said, honey, will you kneel down and say a prayer uh, so that our boy will be able to get well? 
and I'm just lying on the couch feeling really sick. And so my parents knelt down by the side of the couch, and my dad started to pray for me out loud. Now, knowing my dad, this is probably the first time in my whole life I'd ever heard him pray. But in the middle of this prayer, this heartfelt prayer that he was offering, uh, something happened. I felt this chain start at the top of my head, and it went whoosh through my body to the soles of my feet about that fast. And I was, com- I was made completely well. Now, to go from being really, really sick to being instantly completely healthy in, within the space of about one second is so bizarre and so unforgettable and so strange and so abnormal that you don't ever forget it no matter how long you live. And, and mm-hmm. I remember that like it happened yesterday, and it was many years ago. But mm-hmm. that taught me that there's a higher power. Yes. That we can ask for help and that there's help available. And that was really, um, that was really the beginning for me because um, later when I found myself at a crossroads and not sure what to do with my life, uh, I asked for help and asked for guidance, and I got an answer. And it was, the mm-hmm. answer was I needed to go into the healing arts, and so I did. And then when I got into practice and I started working with patients day in and day out, um, I developed this habit. And it was a totally private, totally personal habit. No one ever knew that I was doing this. But before I'd go to work on somebody, I would just take a moment and ask for help from up above. Now, of course, we all have different beliefs. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, I believe in God, and I was asking God to help me, higher power, mm-hmm. creator, whatever you want to call it. Sure. But, um, but I'll tell you something. During those years, uh, I spent 17 years in a brick-and-mortar practice and then two and a half years in a distance practice. And what I found was that there were times – uh, if I was really, if I got to a point where I was really up against the wall, I didn't know what to do with somebody. Uh, there were times when I would offer that silent prayer for help and the information would just literally flood into me like an avalanche of data and understanding from the other side. So I know that that higher power, however you want to refer to it, is aware of everything we're doing all the time. And so really that's where this work really came from. Eventually I got a message that, uh, the things that I had learned, needed to be made available to everybody. And so, uh, so I left practice, wrote the emotion code, published it in um, 2007, 11 years ago. Um, it's coming out in hardcover in May. And um, we just recently signed a contract with St. Martin's Press. And so uh, they're going to be helping us to take this book to the rest of the world. Of course, it's already available in various countries around the world, but uh, but they're going to help us to take it the rest of the way. And the beautiful thing about this work, The Emotion Code, is that uh, it's really so simple. And to understand it, uh, you, have to, you have to realize that the body itself, even though to us our bodies seem real solid, uh, for example, if you look at your hand, your hand is solid, but you know that it's made out of bone and muscle mm-hmm. and skin and nerves and so on. But if you were to magnify your hand, a million times or more at a certain point you'd come face to face with a single individual atom. And if you look inside the atom, you'd see there's really nothing in there. It's just empty space. And these little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. And that's your hand. And there's lots of space in between those atoms too. And so, uh, in fact, we're almost entirely empty space. And then we have these energies that make up who we are. So, When we're experiencing an emotion that's very powerful, you see, every emotion is also energy. Uh, Everything in this world that we live in, in this universe that we live in, is really energy. There's nothing that isn't energy. Mm -hmm. So when you're feeling an intense emotion, 
what's happening is you're actually feeling a certain vibration of energy. Every emotion has its own specific, unique vibration. So if you're feeling an emotion of anger, that's a different energy, a different frequency than if you're feeling an emotion of sadness and so on. But in those times when you're feeling a really intense emotion uh, and your whole body is feeling that, your whole body on a quantum level is taking on this new vibration of resentment or despair or whatever it might be. And in those moments, that energy sometimes is too much for the body to process. And in those moments, sometimes that energy can become trapped in the body so that after that event is over, you know, the funeral is over or the divorce is over or the bully moves away or whatever it might be. Uh, you, we think that we're moving on with our lives, but part of us is still there uh, because we're carrying that emotional baggage with us from what we went through. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is especially powerful when, uh, when we go through things that are traumatic. And, of course, so many of us suffer from what, you, what people call PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Of course, oftentimes the most severe symptoms of this are from people who are in the military and they've had to kill other people or see their friends killed and so on. But um, if you were abused as a child, you're dealing with PTSD. Uh, if you've been through a really difficult divorce, PTSD. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are all kinds of people walking around uh, with PTSD and exhibiting the symptoms from that. And what we have found is that the easiest way to get rid of those symptoms is to find the emotional baggage, these emotional energies that are trapped in the body. Now, what a trapped, and we, we refer to these as uh, trapped emotions. Now, most of us at some point in our lives have used the phrase emotional baggage, usually yes. um, in reference to somebody else, right? Um, yes. You know, so-and-so has a lot of emotional baggage, so mm-hmm. we'll leave her alone today. That's um, so true. The pro- right? We, we very mm-hmm. rarely refer to ourselves as having it, but we all have it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just how we are. But uh, <laughs> we've all, we all have it. And so what ends up happening uh, is that, um, for example, in the U.S., they say there are about 7.7 million people uh, who are suffering from PTSD. That's just in the U.S. alone. And so what happens is um, we end up kind of stuck in what's referred to often as a fight or flight mode. The body is kind of amped up. And, you know, the classic symptom of this is, is uh, uh, somebody comes back from the war, and yes. if, a, if a car backfires, they hit the dirt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they can't sleep, or uh, they have all kinds of marital difficulties. And of course, divorce and suicide uh, are very often, unfortunately, the uh, the results of that kind of P- PTSD. So, the nice thing about it is, these emotional energies that are trapped in the body can be located. Uh, they can be discovered and gotten rid of, actually, quite simply using the uh, the emotion code. And it can really change not only how you feel physically, but also how you feel mentally and emotionally. I'll give you an example. Um, many years ago, there was a man who came in to see me. And uh, he had severe low back pain. Uh, on a 0 to 10 scale, a 10 being called 911, he was at about a 9 slash 10. And 
So I did some checking on him using the emotion code. I found that he had a trapped emotion, this ball of emotional energy. The emotion that I found was anger. Now, typically, when you learn how to do the emotion code, to identify something like this usually within less than a minute. It's that fast. It's very rapid. And so I found this on him. And you can also find out uh, sometimes when these things occurred. And in his case, uh, this had actually happened about 20 years before. And he remembered immediately what had happened. He'd been through something really difficult, and he was very upset at somebody, and it was a really bad uh, situation that he went through. So I released that emotional energy from him, uh, this ball of, literally a ball of anger, uh, which sounds strange, but that's, what this, that's really what these things are. And uh, the pain immediately was gone. It went from a nine to a zero um, within the space of about three seconds. And oh to him, it was just unbelievable and really miraculous. And I was grateful that it worked so well, right? Um, sure. And he left the office a little while later. And he came back uh, a couple of days after that. And, he, and But here's what he said to me. He said, Dr. Nelson, you know, that when I, he said, when I came in here, first of all, he said, my back is still fine. I have no pain. He said, I can't quite believe it still. But okay. he said, when I came in here, I had another problem that I did not tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember. I've basically been a rageaholic. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. He said, I got to watch the road rage. He said, I've been to anger management several times. Hasn't really helped me. But he said, since you released that emotion of anger for me, he said, I feel different. He said, I don't feel angry anymore. I, I feel kind of peaceful and relaxed. He said, how, how does that work? And at the time, this is many years ago at the time, I said, well, I really have no idea. <laughs> but... <laughs> So, but what we believe now, if you can imagine how this is the strangest thing, but think about this. You see, your body is an energy. His body was an energy. 20 years before, he was really angry at somebody, and Mm -hmm. his body couldn't quite handle it. So that emotional energy got stuck in his body, like a little ball about the size of a baseball to the size of a softball. And these trapped emotions, we call them, are literally our emotional baggage. In his case, that trapped emotion lodged in his low back. And so 20 years later, it's been imbalancing that area for so long that finally he's in severe pain, severe pain. And um, releasing it instantly released the imbalancing force. You see, because the body is just an energy field, ultimately, really. We know that that's true. Quantum Mm -hmm. physicists have been telling us that for over 100 years. That's what the body is. It's a very complex energy field, really. And to us, it looks solid, but it's energy. So in his body, he had this ball of anger in his low back. Now, when you have a trapped emotion, what it does is it exerts this, this distorting force on the energy field of your body. And so in his case, what was happening is he'd had this energy distorting the energy field of his body and interfering with the chemical reactions in that area and interfering with the blood flow and lymph flow and so on for so many years that it finally had gotten to a point where it was excruciatingly painful. But so when I released that energy, the pain was instantly gone. And this is not at all unusual. 90% of all the physical pain that people have is literally due to their emotional baggage. And we're proving it every day all over the world in 74 countries now using the emotion code. But the other thing that was going on, if you can imagine when this, when this particular man for all those years 
would come across a situation where he might tend to become agitated or angry, he would become angry. He would become agitated much more readily, much more easily than he would have otherwise. Why? Because literally part of his body was feeling that emotional frequency of anger 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Think of that. He had this ball of anger in his low back, and so part of his body 24-7 is literally feeling that emotional frequency, that emotion of anger. So, of course, he was a more angry person. And that's what happens. If you can imagine, we all have emotional baggage. Think about it. Think about the times when you were a kid, when you used to cry yourself to sleep at night. Think about your divorce. Think about the times when maybe you were bullied or, you know, when you were dealing with your parents going through a divorce or whatever it might be. And a lot of that emotional energy that you experienced then is still with you right now. And what we have found is that that is really what causes PTSD. It also is the underlying cause, the secret cause of depression and anxiety and panic attacks and phobias and PTSD and eating disorders and self-sabotage of all kinds. It is also a common underlying factor for every disease process that we have seen now in 30 years, doing this all over the world. Imagine that, that our emotional baggage is an underlying cause of our diseases. Now, of course, if you go to the hospital and you've been diagnosed with some kind of a disease, it's unlikely, unless you go to the right hospitals around the world that are using this work, uh, it's unlikely that they're going to look at this aspect of your makeup. But this is very, very real. And, uh, and we have doctors around the world who are doing this work now. Uh, this work is being done in uh, one of the most advanced uh, alternative cancer clinics in the world. And, um, and it's the truth. And so the truth is finally coming out. It's being used at the Senevive Clinic, uh, among others, actually. Um, there, are, there are, I can't even tell you all the various clinics, but, uh, but that one I know for sure uh, is using it. And they're, down, they're down in Rosarito. In, uh, Mexico. Okay. Okay. But but of course we have holistic physicians all over the world and many many sure. clinics uh, who are sure. doing this work and uh, so anyway it's uh, it's exciting well, it's simple. I have and a question. Easy. I have a question. That's uh, you gave an example uh, of an individual who is carrying anger over some incident in his life, but in a lifetime we can carry multiple issues. Correct. Yes, from, we can. And so, how do you re, how how do you release all those? Is it is it like peeling an onion, or or how how does it work? <laughs> well, it really is kind of like peeling an onion. It's kind of like uh, when you start working with the body and you start releasing emotional baggage, uh, it can be kind of like doing archaeological work. Uh, <laughs> you start working, and you know you you peel off a layer, and then mm-hmm. you're back, you know, to uh, your difficult uh, marriage, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago, and then maybe you peel off another layer and you're back to high school. And, um, the average person, we think, probably has about 300 or so trapped emotions in their bodies. Now, uh, and depending on how old you are, but also depending on what you've been through in your life. If mm-hmm. you've been through a really mm-hmm. traumatic life, then you might have more. But luckily, it's a very small percentage, really just a tiny fraction of all the emotions that we experience that become trapped in the body and become our emotional baggage. It's a small percentage. And that's a good thing because otherwise um, it would take 
it would be kind of insurmountable, but it's actually not. So, well, but, uh, if you can if you can release mm-hmm. if you can release one negative trapped uh, emotion in a matter of seconds or minutes, then do you have to right. wait a day, wait a day, and then do the next one and the next one? <laughs> How does that yeah, work? Yeah, what, what we find, yeah, you, you can usually release multiple trapped emotions in a row. And uh, we usually find that people can release anywhere from maybe four to ten trapped emotions in one sitting. And then, okay. then the, the body at a certain point will say, okay, I'm done now. I need to process. And you see this this method, the emotion code, relies completely on the subconscious mind. Now, the subconscious mind, you see, is that part of us that we normally aren't really in touch with. Uh, we live and spend all of our waking hours in the conscious mind. And the conscious mind, of course, is where right. we, we, we take our tests and we spend all of our hours, uh, you know. But the rest of us, the, the rest of our intelligence, the vast uh, hidden unconscious part of us, the subconscious mind, that's the part of us that is so smart. Uh, it can take a, a ham sandwich and can convert it into new cardiac muscle tissue or new nerve cells, things like that. So it's an order of intelligence that's really beyond our ability to comprehend. That part of you remembers everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, mm-hmm. everything you've ever mm-hmm. eaten or tasted or touched or smelled. It's all in there in that subconscious mind. And what we do with the emotion code is we have ways to tap in to the subconscious mind. That's where the good information is. Uh, Most of us know very little uh, consciously. We have no idea why we're sick. We have no idea why we're depressed. We have no idea why we have PTSD. But the subconscious mind knows with a perfect understanding. So if we ask it, it will tell us. And we can then address the actual uh, underlying causes of our problems. To give you an idea how powerful this can be, and yet how simple it can be, there was a uh, there was a woman I was talking to some time ago who told me that uh, she she got the emotion code and started reading it. Her son started reading it and listening to it as well. We have it on audio, uh, and he started practicing with his friends, and she didn't pay too much attention. Uh, and a couple of weeks went by. And um, one day the phone rings. She picks up the phone and there's a woman on the other end of the phone line who identifies herself as the mother of one of this, uh, of one of this woman's son's friends. And she said, listen, um, your son has been doing this emotional thing. And she said, I don't know what he's doing, but I have to tell you something. She said, my son has had a severe, severe phobia of water all of his life. Now, you can have a phobia to literally anything. His phobia was to water. And she said, we've tried all kinds of things. We've taken him to everybody to try to fix this. It's been very disruptive to him. Uh, It's been very disruptive to our family, but nothing has ever touched this. She said, it was just something we were living with and we thought he'd have forever. But she said, I have to tell you something. She said, right now I'm at the community pool. My son is out there swimming in the pool, or not swimming, but she said, my son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his life. She said, your son did this to him. How is this even possible? What in the world is he doing? Those two boys are only 11 years old. See, that's how easy mm-hmm. this can be, and yet how life-changing it can be. Hmm. So walk us through um, an example in your book of what you actually did 
to release sure. a trapped emotion? Well, okay. So um, let me give you, uh, if you can imagine these two 11-year-old boys, I'll kind of try to paint you a picture of what okay. probably went on with the two of them. Um, the boy who had read the book and learned the emotion code probably asked his friend to hold out his arm uh, parallel to the floor. And he probably asked this boy, we'll, we'll imagine that this boy with the phobia, we'll imagine that his name is Jim. And so he probably had him uh, hold his arm out parallel to the floor and then say, uh, my name is Jim. Now, when he said that, the other boy would press down on his outstretched arm and his arm was probably strong because when he said, my name is Jim, his name really was Jim. That was true. So that would be a congruent statement and that his body would stay strong. Then he probably had him make a, a false statement like, my name is Bob. And when he said, my name is Bob, uh, his arm went down because that's an incongruent statement or a lie. And your subconscious mind can't lie. And so we call that getting a baseline test. Um, that's just a way to determine if a person is, is testable at that moment, the vast majority of people are. And so then he probably asked him something like this. And really what he's doing is he's talking to the subconscious mind here, you see. But he probably said something like, um, is there a trapped emotion we can release uh, that is contributing to this phobia of water? And when he pressed down on the boy's outstretched arm, it was probably strong. And at that point, uh, he, he would have looked at the list of emotions that we have there are uh, 60 emotions in this list that uh, are divided into two columns and six rows. And so he, he would have asked, well, is this emotion in column A? And that boy's arm would have either been strong or weak and uh, would have been strong on either A or B. And then he would have asked, okay, well, it's in this particular column. Is it in one of the odd rows in this column? And it would have been strong for yes or weak for no. Uh, and so by doing that, he would have eventually – very quickly ended up at a certain cell. Um, for example, column A, row one, okay? And so let's say he ended up in column, uh, let's see that he ended up in a, in a certain column. When you get to a certain column or, uh, sorry, a certain cell, what ends up happening at that point is uh, you simply uh, name the emotions one by one to see what cell that... Um, to see what the emotion is. So let's say, for example, he ended up in column B, row four. Well, the emotions in that cell are depression. So let's say uh, he, he's continuing, he's asking, is this emotion depression? Uh, maybe it was weak, and that's a no, uh, as he presses down on the boy's outstretched arm. Next emotion is frustration. Maybe that one was weak. The next one might have been weak. Then he, maybe he got to panic, and that emotion was strong. Uh, that's how you identify the emotion very rapidly, you identify the column and the row, and then you go through the list, and it's very quick. And uh, let's say that the – I have no idea what the boy's trapped emotion was, but let's say – let's imagine that the emotion was panic. Uh, it would have been in that particular column, column B, row four. And then uh, releasing it is simply a matter of passing a magnet uh, or your fingertips, because they're also magnetic, uh, down the back, down the governing meridian a few times. And uh, that's enough to release that emotional energy. Um, the, the process that we go through, finding the emotion, that's how we bring that emotion to conscious awareness. And then at a certain point, we ask, do we need to know anything else about this, uh, giving the subconscious mind a chance 
to dig deeper if it needs to before it will allow that to be released. And sometimes the subconscious mind will need to identify the year that it occurred or, or, or if it was maybe absorbed from someone else. But it's very rapid. And so uh, there may have been one or two or maybe even three emotions uh, that that uh, boy had to release from his friend who had the water phobia. But uh, that would typically that's usually all it takes uh, is one or two, maybe three emotions for a phobia like that. So it isn't something that you can do by yourself. You have to have somebody else working with you. No, you can do it by yourself. Absolutely. We teach you a number of different methods of, oh yeah. We teach you a number of different methods of self-testing or you can muscle test your own, your own finger strength to get yeses and nos from your own subconscious mind. Um, And then you can ask questions, get answers. And when you're releasing an emotion on yourself, what you would do, you see there's a meridian that starts at the tailbone and it runs straight up the back, up the, up the back of the neck, over the top of the head, uh, straight down the bridge of the nose to the upper lip. And uh, you can, you can put your fingers on any length of that meridian. Usually what we'll do is we'll start, if you're doing this by yourself, you'll put your fingers in the middle of your forehead and then just slide those fingers over the top of the head to the back of the neck a few times. Three swipes like that from the forehead Mm -hmm. to the back of the neck will release a trapped emotion. Now, if the emotion was inherited, um, we have found that 10 swipes like that will release an inherited emotion. And inherited emotions are emotional energies that we receive at the moment of conception from mom or dad. And these will sometimes go back many generations. So that's another kind of emotional baggage. So see, sometimes people are carrying around emotional baggage that they actually have inherited. And so it's not even their fault that they, they feel certain ways or that they can't mm-hmm. seem to get ahead in life or that they can't seem to make money or find their soulmate or, or they have, they're prone to certain illnesses mm-hmm. because of emotional baggage that's, uh, that maybe goes back 100 years or two. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Yeah, it happens. Hmm. <laughs> I was. So, um, um, yeah. I read your book, and um, I had a question. What was my question? Uh, here. Well, you talk about the mysteries of the ancient energy healers, mm-hmm. and you said that throughout history, as many as ninety-seven diverse and separate cultures had a belief in the human energy field. To me, that's mm-hmm. just, wow. <laughs> that's a well, wow right. Yeah, you get to a certain point and you realize that um, uh, it's so many ancient cultures believed in, in the energy field. Uh, where were they getting their information? What, you know, uh, how is it possible that so many ancient cultures could believe in it and it not be true? And of course, now science has proven that the energy field of the body is real. The heart puts out an energy field that's about 12 feet in diameter. They've actually found, by the way, that uh, if you're feeling love or affection for another person, your heartbeat will synchronize with their heartbeat. And, um, and that uh, your heartbeat will actually become measurable in their brain waves, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. And so um, this, is, uh, this is all really fascinating. And in fact, it has to do with the heart, which, which really is, is our next topic because uh, 
It's the most important part of the emotion code. You see, back in the 1960s, when doctors first started doing heart transplants, people started coming back after their heart transplant, and, um, and sometimes they would relate strange things. They would tell the doctor that their taste in right. music or sports or food, right? It yes. totally changed, right? Yes. And their whole book uh-huh. written about this. And, of course, you know, they call it cellular memory, right, Denise? And yes. <laughs> it's really fun to read about. And um, sometimes people would have memories of being places that they never in their lives had been. Have memories after the transplant of being in those places. And sometimes their handwriting would change completely. And in every case that's ever been recorded, uh, when that transplant recipient would be connected with the family of the heart donor, they would find out, oh, yes, that's son's handwriting that you have now. How strange is that? Or Mm. they would find out, yes, our daughter had been to those places that you have memories of. Or they'd say, yes, our son was a, a concert violinist, and that must be why you love classical music now. And those passages that you're listening to over and over, those were his favorite passages. I mean, it's just amazing, that's right? Such a, that's such a great point. <laughs> it's so amazing. Well, you see, the ancients believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and the source of romance. And really, the core of our being. That's what they believed anciently. Well, of course, in the West, um, you know, we've based everything on this mechanistic sort of Newtonian model. And so if you ask any doctor nowadays, most of them will tell you, well, the heart is just a muscle. It's just a pump. That's all it is. Exactly. But, uh, but, but it's, it's sure way can't more live than without that. one. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, no, you sure can't. And now of course, um, Even the medical profession now is admitting that people die of something called cardiac syndrome. In other words, people die of a broken heart. And even the medical profession now is admitting that. In fact, um, you might remember Doug Flutie. He played played football for Boston back in the 70s or 80s. Um, This was a story that came out a year or so ago. Uh, His father died. And he was at the hospital with his mother, and they were in the hospital room with his father. And he'd been he passed away about an hour before. And uh, his mother bent over to give her husband a kiss on the forehead, goodbye. And suddenly she slumped over, dead herself. Mm. And so Doug Flutie, poor man, lost both his mother and his father within the space of an hour. Now. In Japan, they studied this. In fact, they were the ones who discovered this phenomenon. And uh, they, in Japan, they call it Takatsubo syndrome. Now, a Takatsubo is a, um, a Japanese uh, fishing jar that they use to catch octopi, octopus in. It's, it looks like um, a bell jar. Uh, it has a, a very unique shape. And the octopus get into there, and then they can't get out, I guess, and that's how they catch them. Well... What the Japanese found is that under certain circumstances, women especially over the age of 55 who are experiencing heart attack symptoms will sometimes be, be actually on an x-ray, their heart will appear in the shape of this bell-shaped jar, and they called it Takatsubo syndrome. And in the U.S., we call it cardiac syndrome, and it means you're literally dying of a broken heart. Hmm. 
And it's a fascinating thing. Well, what we have found is that um, when you feel like your heart is going to break, it's a physical sensation. You can mm-hmm. feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or mm-hmm. like you, you're choking, like you can't breathe. And, uh, and so in those circumstances, because the heart is literally the core of your being and the seat of your soul and everything the ancients believed it to be, your subconscious mind, um, because this is really an assault on the core of your being, the subconscious will put up a wall. It'll build a wall around that heart. And that wall is literally made from layer upon layer of your emotional baggage, those energies that you have uh, retained in your body from some of those intense emotional experiences that you've been through or that you have inherited. And we discovered this on my wife about 20 years ago. And uh, she was born into a very volatile family. Father was a rageaholic. Uh, And by about age two, she had started to put up a wall around her heart and she paid a, a heavy, heavy price for having that wall all of her life because it was easy for her to feel negative emotions, hard to feel positive ones. She suffered with depression and anxiety and it was, uh, it was hard for her to really connect uh, on a deep level to other people. She always felt kind of distant, kind of isolated, kind of numb. And uh, until that wall was discovered and removed now, one of the things that we have found, you see, the heart, we, we now believe the heart, and I'm, of course, not alone in this. There are scientists all over the world who are saying the same thing. The heart is literally a second brain, and it is the most important uh, of the two brains that we all have, you see. And so uh, when we put up a wall around our heart because we feel like our heart is going to break, fears with our heart's ability to really manifest that perfect blueprint that is within that heart that we all have. And so um, to give you an idea how powerful this can be, uh, not long after we discovered this on my wife, there was a woman who came in to see me. Uh, She had neck pain, and she'd seen a couple of other doctors for this neck pain, and they hadn't been able to help her. So she came in to see me, and as I was talking with her, she told me, that she had not dated, she was single, she had not dated in eight years, and she was never going to date again, ever. She was going to die single. And she was dead serious. And she was only 38 years old. She was an attractive woman. Uh, She was a nurse. And I said, well, why do you feel this way? What, What happened to you? And she said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. Well, I tested her, and using the emotion code found Uh, very quickly, that she had this phenomenon, this heart wall phenomenon. Her subconscious mind had literally put up this force field, these layers of emotional energy around her heart to protect her heart from being broken ever again. So there were three emotions making up the three layers of this wall. And so I cleared those one at a time. It probably took me 10 minutes to get rid of the whole thing. And when I was done, suddenly we cleared the last layer, the heart wall was gone, and with it went her neck pain. And that's why she'd come in. Um, and so she left the office feeling totally fine and she didn't come back for three months. When she walked back into the office three months later, uh, I'll always remember this. She looked great. And I said, Hey, you look great. I haven't seen you for a while. How are you doing? And she said, you know, she said, my neck has been fine since I was here, but she said, you cleared that heart wall from me. And that really works. She said, 
about two weeks after I was here, I found out my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost huh. eight years. And we're dating. And we're oh, in love. Goodness. And I, I think oh. he's going to ask me to marry him, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. Yeah. Now, if you multiply that story by tens of thousands, uh, mm-hmm. maybe hundreds of thousands by now around the world, this is the kind of thing that's driving the, this organic success, this phenomenon uh, of the emotion code. You see, this is what's happening. Uh, you know, there's not a single day that goes by that we don't get multiple testimonials from people from all over the world about the emotion code and how it's changing their lives and how it's changing the lives of their loved ones. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite testimonials came in a number of months ago. It was from a woman in Italy. And uh, she sent a picture of herself and her husband in front of this little tiny village uh, where I guess they live in Italy. And, uh, and in her broken English, she said, for years, my marriage run badly. And then I got a new husband. So I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, she got a divorce. She got a new husband, right? And, but no, she continued and said she hired an emotion code, a certified emotion code practitioner uh, in Budapest in Hungary who worked on her husband long distance and released his heart wall. And she said it dramatically changed him. She said, now he's loving and he's kind and my marriage is wonderful. And she said, she got worked on as well by the same practitioner remotely and released her heart wall and her life had changed for the better. And so just a wonderful thing, but um, that's how powerful this can be. And so we have uh, almost, we're closing in now on 5,000 certified emotion code practitioners. Now, if you can imagine in 74 Mm. countries around the world and uh, they all do this work. And they all, they all do it, uh, I would say, the vast, vast majority of them do this, not only in person, but also, also remotely, because energy medicine knows no barriers of distance, and mm-hmm. so this kind of work can be done. At, I mean, imagine being able to help your own loved ones who may mm-hmm. not be in town. Maybe they're in another state. Maybe they're on the other side of the world. Maybe you've got a son who's, uh, who's in Afghanistan or a daughter mm-hmm. who's in Iraq or something, and you're... You're able, using the emotion code, you can learn how to do this. You can help them and release their emotional baggage at a distance yourself. Now, of course, you can also go to Healer's Library, which is our website. Uh, You can find, we have a map there, practitioner map. You can find someone that can work with you. If you want somebody to work on you, that's fine. They're all over the world. But you can also learn how to do this yourself. And that's really the beauty of it is that, uh, you can learn it. You can use it to help your own grandkids, your own husband, your wife, you know, your children, et cetera. So. Gosh, why wouldn't you want to? <laughs> it's, it's easy. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Are people able to do it then simply from purchasing your, your book and practicing what's in it, the motion code? Yes, actually they can. Um, now, um, I'll tell you, we're having a, um, a, a couple of things. Right now, for a limited time, the Emotion Code is available as an app. Uh, I can't say how much longer. It may not be available much longer than, uh, than the 15th of this month. Um, okay. But it is available as an app on the Google Play Store, if you have an Android okay. phone, or on the App Store. Just look for the Emotion Code. The whole mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the book is in there. The book is in there on audio. You can listen to the book. You can read the book. 
And uh, you can also go to emotioncodegift.com, and um, you can download uh, right now. You can download the entire book. I don't know how much longer that will be available. Um, pretty soon it will just be a couple of chapters because St. Martin's Press is going to be uh, – we're taking the book off the market um, for oh. a little while because okay. it's coming out as a revision. We're doing a revision. It's coming out as a hardcover in May. But um, – Anyway, you can go to our website also at healerslibrary.com, and you can buy the book. And uh, we have a two-for-one special going right now. So you buy It's a BOGO. Buy one, get one free. So. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I've, sowed in, I've really enjoyed our interview, and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot also. Uh, I think you're doing miraculous work for the world, for humanity. And... Um, you know, I wish you just the absolute best in your continued pursuit for helping people because that's really what you're doing. Well, thank you, Denise. I appreciate that. You know, I just feel like I'm I'm on a mission. This is the purpose of my life. Why I was well, born is to to bring this healing work into the world. We really, really need it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. don't and we? The be- yeah, we really do. And I've I've always been a great lover of simplicity, and mm-hmm. uh, this is about a simple. This is about as simple a method of healing as you will ever find in your whole life. So, mm. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Denise. Appreciate it. And um, if you ever want to do another one, you know, we can talk. Uh, uh, we could talk next time about inherited emotional baggage, more about that, some amazing stories. Um, okay, uh, let's and also, do that. And, yeah. Also, we could do another show if you want about um, – uh, about uh, animals because animals see if you learn how to do the emotion code for people you automatically know how to do it for animals we use it's the same exact uh, method uh, the chart is the same and emotion uh, tra- see animals get trapped emotions too and so oh, when people go through our certification program we require them to work on at least four animals because we want them to have that experience and it's it's amazing how well it works <laughs> so oh, anyway thank you for having me on you're you're huh? so welcome. Thank you, Dr. Bradley Nelson, and he's the author of the book, The Emotion Code. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye-bye. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We have the most amazing guests. Tune in. Until then, be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?